0: What's up, Florida State sports fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Knoll Sports Podcast. Kurt Weiler here with Andre Fernandez. We both cover Florida State for the Tallahassee Democrat. And it feels like an important game this weekend. I mean, it, it, I wrote a story about it today, Andre. It felt like an important game coming into the season, Florida State with his trip up to Wake Forest. But the the circumstances around the start of the season have definitely made that even more the case.
1: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it mean, already did. We, that was throughout the preseason. I think we talked uh, amongst ourselves, amongst our peers on the beat, and saying that we all kind of looked at this week three and kind of circled it on our you know imaginary calendars, saying this can this can be a swing game of sorts, you know, for their for their entire season. And now now it's the salvage your season game. I mean, you know, we look. I looked it up th- this week. Zero and three. The last time FSU was zero and three, Bobby Bowden had was still a new coach here it's still it was the first season and I remember then after 0-3 was when he started to turn it around that year and eventually the program and the rest is history but that just gives you an idea like you know I'm I'm older than you Kurt and even in my lifetime that has not happened an 0-3 FSU start for a football team and so that that's that's what Mike Norvell and company are facing but at the same time it's going to it's going to really put a damper, I think, if that were to happen because of the fact that when you dive in beyond the record, especially if this game ends up being a close game, the way the first two have, just how close they could be from completely swinging it the other way to 3-0 and is going to be the, probably the most frustrating part if the Seminoles end up suffering that fate.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, if if you win this game and you look back, then, then they start to look back, no doubt, or at least fans start to look back at how close they were like you said to three and O and if that's the case, chances are it's quite possible they could be five and O you know it, it becomes a what if and it's too far it's too early into the season to talk in those kind of kind of in just in those terms but I mean it, 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 I am by no means saying outright that I don't think a F- this Florida State team could respond from an O and three start that I, I I don't think for sure that an 0-3 start would kind of sink this team. But I, I it would sure test the resolve of a team that has uh, not had a lot of that resolve over the last few years.
1: Yeah, well, it's a young team and that's part of the inconsistency too. And it's twofold. I think that the fact of their youth, like we said before, that's why I think that this could be the type of team that does come out and does beat a team like Wake Forest because from week to week, they're going to be very unpredictable I think potentially but the youth factor the other part of it is on a loss like this especially if it's not a good if it's not a good performance you worry about it starting to fracture things a little bit but you know behind the scenes and maybe because they're such a young team you don't want that to just create even more issues going on and that sort of thing because you know losing like that it, it tends to spiral no matter what kind of talent you have yeah, but in their case, especially when they're still in rebuilding mode and trying to put something together. I mean, the battle cry this week, we heard it. You know, coach uh, offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham screaming at everybody, we're two plays from 2-0. and oh. You know, we're good when we want to be, you know, that, that sort of thing. So it's just a matter of them executing and really following through to what they week to week are capable of doing and really seeing how that could translate. But it's going to be tough because, again, this is a very, I think, Mackenzie Milton hit it on the head when he said he called Wake Forest the perfect or I don't know if he was referring to only the defense or the team as a whole but he called them a perfect team because of the fact that they don't they don't kill themselves. They don't make the the silly disciplinary mistakes that sort of thing they don't tend to. So it's going to be a case where they're going to have to beat Wake Forest. Wake Forest is not going to beat themselves.
0: No, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean it's a it, it's kind of the anti what this this Florida State team has been in, in a number of ways. I mean, like you said, they're they're not a team that is going to beat themselves. I mean, Mike, d- say what you will about Dave Clawson's teams. The recruiting classes are pretty regularly kind of among the worst in the ACC for whatever you read into that. But he definitely always makes the most of them. They are always well-coached teams. I know I think Mike Norvell said that he thinks this will be one of the better coached teams on FSU's schedule, and I'm, I'm not sure I disagree with him if that's kind of the only metric that you're discussing there. I mean, year in and year out, Dave Clawson does a lot with a little. And I think this team, he this year he has more than he normally does. When you look at him, I, mean, I think they have nine super seniors, guys that kind of use that extra eligibility to come back for for one more year. And so that that has put a lot more experience and a lot more talent on this team than kind of Dave Clawson normally has to, uh, to play with.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I've talked to people that, you know, I've done, I've, I've watched, ACC football uh, much closer than I have in recent years, and 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 really, that's because that's what they do. That's their job, and they've said themselves, they're like, this may be the best Wake Forest team they've seen, if not in a long time, maybe ever, just by the standards, and just in terms of on paper, on talent, what they have to work with, and then you 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 factor in that very deceptive mesh point offense that's hard to prepare for, that's a factor in their favor, and then if their defense is disciplined enough where they can do something against that, what's been FSU strength so far against the running game, especially in and, and a couple of the fact that FSU better not keep making these mistakes, these penalties that are putting their passing game behind the sticks. I mean, there's a lot of little things that when you add them up, it doesn't look like a good result coming out of, coming out of this Saturday. If FSU doesn't flip the script and correct a lot of these things that, that have gone wrong early on.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it, it, I'll be honest, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think pretty much everyone that covers this team could see this weekend go in any, uh, any number of ways. I mean, it just seems like a totally unpredictable. I mean, I think with that top-level talent, if things start clicking, I mean, we've seen what the defensive line has done. We, we've we seen, I mean, like the, like you said, the running game. I think we know what Mackenzie Milton is theoretically capable of, hasn't really looked like it this year for a variety of reasons. I don't think any of us would be surprised, like you said, if they went up and, and won this game. But, I mean, it's just... Uh, it hasn't been... I wouldn't say... I mean, uh, interesting interested for your opinion. I wouldn't say it's been a great week of practice from what we've been able to see. But on the other side of that coin, from what we got to see last week, I didn't think it was a bad week of practice. And then they looked like that on Saturday. So uh, I, I don't know how much stock to put in that, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean after seeing them practice one you know one capacity or another for over a month now I mean yeah it, didn't, it wasn't one of those neither neither session really jumped out at me um, on the positive end as far as like oh wow there finally looks like things are clicking I mean I think they're the one standout is just that sense of urgency you're seeing that at least from the coaches I mean they know what they know what's up they know how important this game is they're stressing that to the players I think this is where leadership comes in and he, here's the whole thing in the big picture they the guys that they've added, in other words, a Jermaine Johnson type of guys, you know, McKenzie, these are guys that are coming in and this is going to be their one year here and all of that. Those are the guys that you can tell, have the accountability, they have the leadership qualities that you need on a team like this. But where where is that going to come from, from the guys that have been here longer? and then not only that but it's going to take a little time until those leadership qualities really develop from the younger you know maybe from the freshman the redshirt freshman these are this is the type of situation where that starts where that could start where it needs to start from those guys and that's how you would be able to carry through and win some of these important games so for the future of the program you hope that that is something that that kind of culture just you know is contagious and feeds off each other and then you see more of that emerge over time but i think a game like this is like that first step where it has to happen. And then going back to McKenzie real quick, I know will talk more about him probably, but to me this is the game where now that he's been identified as the starter ahead of time, like definitively, this is the type of game that he has to take over and make this his team this year. And I think he's, at least he's approaching it. It sounded like he's approaching it like he wants to do that and, that, and he's aware of that opportunity in that situation but to me that that's what has to happen. He has to take this game and and run with it and and this be the one where you say wow, McKenzie really stepped up and really put his stamp on this offense in a game like this.
0: No doubt. And and his receivers will will obviously play a role in that. I mean, they let him down on on quite a few occasions last week. I mean, you look at the obvious, the uh the, the Keyshawn Helton drop on that opening drive that felt like really set the tone and kind of the coaches talking to them Monday kind of said as much. I mean, Kenny Dillingham, I would say, agreed with that a statement. And, uh, I mean, Malik McLean had a couple drops, including the one touchdown that that could have buried the game late. I, that, that group will get a boost from, from getting Ontario Wilson back. I think uh, he, he was out last week. He seems like he's going to be back this week. I know Mike, Mike Norvell is pretty optimistic about that. And and I, I think maybe it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of come make that kind of impact. Because no doubt they, they were missing something there last week. It even kind of took a step back from the Wake Forest game where they were better, but but still probably not where they need to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. McKenzie's the guy now, like you said. he This is the first week where there's true separation on the depth chart. It, it, at least on paper, Florida State seems to be riding McKenzie and has that confidence in him. And I can see some reasons why. I mean, you can make the case for uh, how, how mobile Jordan is and what that can do for the offense. But I think Jordan has, A, struggled somewhat with uh, decision-making and, B, quick decision-making at that, probably even more importantly. Behind an offensive line, which there are some questions about in pass blocking, I think McKenzie's decisiveness is a, uh, is a significant thing and, and could be a, a boost Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why you see the difference in the splits when it comes to, you know, the the pressure numbers for both guys. You don't see it as uh, as stark those first two games uh, with McKenzie as you did with Jordan. And some of that is that just maybe that that experience and that, that, that quick decision, that, you know, just reading a little better and, and reacting faster. Just because, you know, if you look at I know McKenzie missed a ton of time, but before he did, he had way more starting experience still than than Jordan has had, and I think that's in his favor. And then that and the results speak for themselves. So I mean that against the team like Wake, they and what they're going to face, that's a quality I think that they feel a little more comfortable trusting in going into this week. I mean it'll be interesting to see, you know, depending on how it goes, just how firm that that commitment to McKenzie is going forward as far as the starting quarterback. But I think as of right now they've made the decision that they're going to go with the veteran and they're going to go with the guy that can bring those qualities to the position consistently.
0: And I still think Jordan could see the field in some capacity. I mean, we saw that in the, uh, in the Jacksonville State game early. I think Mike Norvell admitted it was part of the, the script going in of showing that early. And obviously I think the intention yeah. behind that is, is showing the the two QBs on the field at once, said to give something Wake to uh, kind of prepare for. I imagine you could see something similar. I would think it might not be as early in the game this time, but it'd be interesting to see as the game goes on, do we see that again? Does Jordan maybe even get a series just to give McKenzie a break or to see if he can spark the offense if they're kind of struggling again? I mean, it, it, yes, there's decisiveness on the depth chart, but it feels somewhat razor thin, doesn't it? I don't think by any means just because they've named McKenzie the starter that it's set in stone and he's playing the entire game no matter what.
1: No, no, and I, I, I... – I, I think you can definitely bring him in, bring Jordan in, and work him in certain, you know, certain situations, certain packages where you want to give different looks and all that sort of thing. And then, and, and on top of the fact, again, most must win game in a long time for this program, and, and because of that fact, I think you pull out all the stops you can. You know, I mean, I don't think you empty the whole season's worth of playbook. You want to keep something, but you know what I mean. Like you can keep, you can run. Th- I think anything they want to run, to keep. Wake force offense defense. I'm sorry, off balance, that sort of thing. If Travis gives you that edge, you know, with the, with his legs or even in any other type of, of possibility, you got to maximize that. You got to use it. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that while McKenzie will get the bulk of the of the snaps, I think you would, I would not be surprised if here and there you incorporate Jordan Travis's skill set to, to to do to maximize what you can on offense.
0: The wild card and maybe the equalizer, I would say four floor state, you mentioned the 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 run game to me. I mean the, the it, I mean, you look at last they still ran for two hundred yards in the last game against Jacksonville State. Again, it's the second straight time they they've as a team done that. But they were they were behind the chain so much. I mean, with those penalties, running in second and seventeen is just not gonna be a a reliable way to kind of extend drives. When you put yourselves behind the chains that much in predictable passing downs, it's just not going to go well for you for a team that has so far struggled to pass the ball consistently to kind of string together those those plays so I mean staying ahead of the chains relying on the ground game and how it opens up play action for you I think will be big I mean you look at Wake Forest it, it what's interesting about them I mean playing them this early in the season they've played two games obviously Florida State's played two, two, one against a uh, FCS team and one against a top 10 team Wake Forest has played an FCS team and then a Old Dominion team that's one of the worst in FBS. So they, it feels like they haven't been tested yet, and that's not to say that they don't win this game or, or aren't up for the task this weekend, but, I mean, through two games, I mean, they only have five sacks against against two lesser opponents, and they do have 16 tackles for loss. So they've they've definitely had more success, I would say, stopping the run than getting to the quarterback and getting those sacks. So, I mean... Be to see how much they can neutralize FSU's run game.
1: Right, and then that's the that's the thing that could be deceptive too. Obviously, they're not going to face the type of running game that FSU is going to bring that they that they face the first two weeks. But yeah, at the same time, going back to real quick the yardage part, it's like it, it can create deceptive rushing yards. You know, when you're when you're getting seven, eight yards, but it's second and twenty you're not accomplishing much. And they talked about that. You end up, you're still going to end up like in third and eleven, third and 12. And then there goes your drive after an incompletion or whatever. It's almost like those are good yards for if, if this was fantasy football, but not in the real actual situation, you're not really getting your offense anywhere. And, and that's the thing. If they, if they don't correct these issues where they're putting themselves in these negative down and distance situations, it's not going to matter much in terms of how they can, are able to run the football.
0: Looking at the, uh, the other side of the ball, I mean, obviously, Wake Forest brings back a lot. Sam Hartman kind of in his fourth year of playing time at quarterback for Wake Forest. And, I mean, you look at last year, he, he had 13 touchdowns to five interceptions, but that's even a little deceptive because four of those interceptions came in their bowl game. You look at during the regular season, I think he had 10 touchdowns and one pick. I mean, we talked about taking care of the ball. He, he, he does just that and kind of just like is a methodical type guy who's not going to often give you the game. Uh, They lose Kenneth Walker. He transferred the running back to uh, Michigan State. But Christian Beal Smith has kind of, it seems like, picked up that slack in a pretty major way for them. He's averaging 6.7 yards per carry and has three touchdowns in two games this season. So uh, the run defense has been good. It's definitely going to be tested again. And I would say it will be important for them to kind of, the opposite of what we said, I mean, kind of flip flip that on wake forest and wake wake forest passing attack beat the uh the the secondary which has had its ups and downs so far this season
1: yeah, and that's where you're going to see if wake forest's receivers you know i know they lost sage Surratt, you know but at the same time they still have a few quality guys coming back that you know are going to be tested obviously they're going to test FSU's secondary which has had its ups and downs so far through the first two games and you know we've seen some brilliant plays but we've seen some letdowns as well in some of these one-on-one matchups and you know when you look at guys like Jaquiro, uh Roberson I believe I'm saying his name right hopefully and uh, you know Donovan Green Taylor Morin a redshirt freshman those are those are all players that we'll see if they how they match up against some of those younger corners of FSU and that's, those are the battles they're going to have to win I mean but, but to me it's the mostly it's the discipline because again that, that offense that just keeps you guessing until the last possible split second and forces you to be so disciplined up front I mean FSU's linebackers are going to really have to have a good game because they're going to be and they're going to be without Kalen Deloach for the first two quarters so that's going to be another test for you know for guys like Cortez Andrews and others that are you know on, on the younger younger or at least like inexperienced a little less time in major college football situations, like they're going to face this week, I mean that's a big test. They're going to have to be able to to step up and you not know, blow assignments and and you know stick to their gaps and and do some of the things that that coming into the season were a goal to get better at than they were last year.
0: No, well, for sure. I mean I don't think either of us were especially high on the linebackers coming in on coming into the season, but I think they've uh, achieved relative to my expectations. But the Loach is a is a big loss. I mean he's been. I mean he he is your fastest linebacker he's probably your best linebacker in coverage and he's also just done well at, at all around. I mean he's kind of handled all all parts of the position well. So outside of obviously how big that was a moment in the game and that without that targeting you may be one and one instead of two, yeah, you're now without him for the the first half of this game and it's going to put the onus on DJ Lundy, it's going to put the onus on Amari Gainer, it's going to put the onus maybe on Stephen Dix who hasn't been starting this season but did a lot last year, maybe step into that role. And uh, like you said, I mean the the mesh point where they kind of keep it there at the, between the quarterback and running back, and kind of want you to commit to a decision before they make theirs about who takes the ball. It will uh, will test the discipline, which has through two games been better this season.
1: Yeah, and, and that's and you mentioned some of the guys that could step in the starting roles, but again, like I the reason I brought up Cortez is because you know it's some of these guys that are reserves and just haven't seen a lot of snaps yet. Yep. just may get thrust into that situation in the first half potentially, and then. That's going to end up being, you know, key because if you are not in it in the second half against this team, good luck. Because the, as disciplined as they are, it's a that would be a tremendous uphill battle if you get behind by more than a score, especially at their place.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike Nervell's talked about. I mean, the the Jacksonville trip they took during the preseason was kind of something they did in an effort to put guys outside their comfort zone to kind of simulate what life can be like traveling on the road for a, a road game. Obviously there's not really any real way to replicate crowd noise. And they try to practice with the speakers and everything. It felt like there were louder speakers this week than kind of the, uh, the past before I think there were some on the ground that weren't there before, but it, 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 they do have the benefit. I would say I haven't been to wake before from, from what all have heard, not the most hostile atmosphere.
1: Yeah, probably. Not. I mean, compared to other ACC places, I would I would assume not, considering what we've you know seen in person and 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 over the years, just in some of the environments, packed houses and all that. You know, it's not Clemson or anything like that. I'm assuming, but still, they did bring that in this week. They wanted to kind of recreate, maybe amp up the intensity of kind of the environment they they could face. And again, it, it's gonna we have only seen this team play a dope with the home crowd. You know, backing them so new challenge and and interesting to see how they how they respond.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see. I mean, we, we talked about how much of a how much of an impact this uh, the defensive line can have because I mean, we I wrote about obviously Jermaine Johnson this week, but he's hardly the only the only uh, major boost that they've kind of got on the defensive line this year. I mean, no what no doubt when you got a player who leads, I think all power five defensive linemen in tackles, sacks, and tackles for loss. Obviously, that's, that's going to be a major boost. But it's been so many other guys. Through two games this season, they already have almost as many as they did all of last year. And I, 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 I don't know if they – I mean, this Wake Forest line brings back five starters, all of whom will have a decent amount of experience. Obviously, I think a couple of them were those super senior types. And so they uh, weren't counting on having them in this year and kind of got them because of uh, the COVID eligibility stuff. But yeah. it, it, is it really? Is it a better offensive line than the Notre Dame one? Even um, even though Notre Dame had to replace so many, I'm not sure. I mean, I think we saw what they did against Notre Dame. I think there's no reason to believe they couldn't have a similar impact in this game.
1: Right. No. And, and agreed. I mean, if you look at the old line they faced already, they should be up to the task. I mean, and then I, I don't know. I, I still look at Wake Forest's defense though, and it's going to be. It, you know, it's still going to be a challenge. I mean, I know they lost their, their great pass rusher you know, to the NFL, but, I mean, you look at a guy like Miles Fox, seventh season, if I'm reading this right, seventh season of college football. I mean, you talk about the super seniors. I mean, these are experienced veterans on this, on this D-line that are going to have to be, I think they're going to be up to the task of slowing down, of potentially slowing down some of the things that FSU wants to do. So that's where FSU's own offensive line, which is, pretty banged up right now and and you know none we'll see how intact they are you know it doesn't look like marie smith is going to be there at center baby on johnson had a better game a better game last week obviously he had a lot of room to improve from the week before so we'll see i mean it's going to be it's going to be an interesting challenge i think one of the focal points of, of this game that could swing it one way or the other
0: no doubt yeah it's entirely possible they're without i mean. 40 percent of their their desired starting offensive line and i mean that's uh would no doubt would would be a big thing for them i mean we've talked about uh mike DeVell definitely sounded more optimistic about ontario playing this weekend than he did robert scott or maurice it sounded more with those two about hoping to get them back at some point and that was kind of a uh, a more tbd timeline so I, i don't know i i i struggle to get a read on this one i mean it's uh if I had to, if I, it, yeah, I'm kind of in the nit the weird zone where I'm kind of thinking Florida State might cover. It's only a four point spread. They might cover and lose, which would obviously be pretty uh, heartbreaking. I mean, it would be encouraging because there is definitely a world where I could see them come out and get killed this weekend and get run off the field, and just about all hope would be lost for this season, and and it would definitely be at an all time low for the Norvell era. Yep. But I I don't know. I just I, I I I don't see that happening. But I'm also not sure I see Florida State winning.
1: I I could see like I'm with you. I think I could see the entire wide range of the spectrum happening potentially. Like like nothing would shock me one way or the other.
0: I like, might be shocked by a Florida State blowout win, but but it, I mean it okay, would, be encouraging. That, yeah. it would be encouraging. Yeah, it would be encouraging.
1: Encouraging, no doubt. Yeah, you're right. Only because yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised that Wake Forest would get run off their own field as good as a after we've heard so much about this being one of their better teams in a long time, but no, I, I, I'm my pick. I, okay, I'm with you. I think can FSU win? Yes. I mean, would it shock me if they, if this is the response game? No. And I think they're very capable of it, but seeing what it, seeing everything and adding it all up right now in my head, I mean, I, I would, my picks going to end up being like a two point one or two point defeat right now is what I think. So yeah, Cover the spread, but not, but but this, this is the, the odds are against them. They're going to have to really step up and pull off something that will will just prove to a lot of people that that first week wasn't a fluke and that things are starting to turn around for them.
0: Yeah, I mean at this point, at this point, fair or not, it feels like however they look at this game is going to be kind of what people think is the closer to the reality of this team. They can kind of show that first game, that Notre Dame game was a blip, or they can show the Jacksonville State game was a blip, kind of depending on a, on how this one goes. I do think it's going to be another good one. I mean, that might not be good for the hearts of uh, Florida State fans who've already been through two brutal down-to-the-wire games this season, but, I mean, I wouldn't be... Uh,
1: or our deadline, or, or your uh, yeah. deadline writing there at the very end.
0: Well, and... Uh, <laughs> personally I mean obviously this is not something fans care about I for one embrace a non-night game because those were I mean for both of us two oh, yeah. very late nights to start the season those first two weekends so no doubt no, no. a few well, 330 since, kicks since,
1: since I think the team is somewhere in between what you just said of the not fluky Notre Dame but disappointing Jacksonville State that's why that's why I think it's another close game but they're gonna have to show and prove to improve to a lot of people that that it can turn around. I still see it, unfortunately, being more frustration.
0: Uh, yeah, and what's interesting, if that is how it plays out, I mean, is is the future from there. I mean, I think you look at these next three games, and we've talked about before the back half of the schedule and how brutal it is. Of these next three, be it at Wake, at Louisville, and, or, I mean, home against Louisville and home against Syracuse, I think this is the best of those three teams.
1: Yeah, no, its so, down.
0: So it kind of stinks that that's the team for them. They have to play on the road that this feels like a game where a home or versus road could swing it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that was the case when you looked at the 50-50 games from the start was this one and another one down the road is the Boston College game. It's unfortunate that they have to go up there in November. That's another team, very similar situation where if it were at Doke, yes, it's still a challenge, but you look at it as being, you know, more manageable of a challenge than adding that – extra difficulty factor in there of having to go up there.
0: Well, that one, though, I will say, looks... I mean, it doesn't seem like he's been ruled out for the season yet, and obviously that's the second to last week. It's very late in the season, but that one seems to have changed somewhat this week with no Phil Dracovic.
1: Yes, using Dracovic definitely would, for sure, but I mean... And again, now we can't can't even (laughs) go and look that far.
0: No, no, because who knows what what this team... team, Who knows where the mindset of this team is by then. Exactly. But... I guess my point is, especially if, as long as it's a competitive game, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this team comes around and wins the next two. And then they're two and three. And yes, it's not where you thought you would be or where you wanted to be, but you would at least be building some momentum into that hard part of your schedule if, if you're a believer in momentum. I know there are some, there's a prominent ESPN ACC writer who, who is a very adamant against momentum as a as a thing that exists.
1: And, and, and my thing, too, is unfortunately, though, like if you do lose this game, I, I get what you're saying. and I think they can still win those two. But how do you win those two? Do you win ugly? And do you kind of like just scrounge your way to a win just because maybe Louisville makes a ton of mistakes? You, you know what I'm trying to say? like it's, Oh, yeah. Like, like to me, like this team needs this win Agreed. this week in order to kind of really build that the Toward a you know toward a three and two, which be which would be so much better, and then even Syracuse is another one that you're like, eh. It, it just and and then if they turn around and then at that point at two and three, then the losses start spiraling from the gauntlet that that follows later. You're almost looking at it like, oh, big deal that they got the two wins.
0: The other side of it, and I mean, I I, I talked about it in the column I wrote today. I I also wouldn't be shocked like you said if they lose this and that's I mean obviously another loss, the first own three start in. 45 years for FSU is going to really test the resolve of this team. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they come out next week at home against Louisville and if they lay an egg. And at that point, it feels like they would be on full-on quit watch.
1: Right, and that's what I'm saying. And yep. Even if you squeak out a win, it's like you almost you almost need Louisville to give it to them, and then really what have you accomplished out of that?
0: It's uh, I, It felt like an important one coming into the year for bowl eligibility. Now it feels like an important one for team morale. Mike Norvell's... I mean, Mike Norvell's not getting fired this weekend. He's really, realistically, not getting fired this year unless things really, really fall off a cliff. And even then, I'm just not sure the financials are there for it to happen. I mean, they've still got a number of years left on Willie Taggart's buyout. But, I mean, <laughs> talk about a talk about the week where Mike Norvell really needs a win.
1: No doubt. I mean, I, I don't rule out anything anymore in, in sports because... You never say never.
0: Not after Saturday.
1: Not after Saturday, but you're, but you're right. Odds, odds would be very against FSU taking a drastic step like that, and especially at the end of the day, money, money talks, and it would put them in a in a pretty bad financial spot to have to do that, to have to break a contract again like that. So I don't think, yeah, you're right. I think that's for that at least. He, he sounds like he's safe.
0: Well, and here's but, the other side of that, that that probably bears mentioning. Not that we should spend too much time talking about him – uh, a, a man who's 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 almost sure, almost definitely ninety nine point nine percent not going to lose his job this year. What coach takes that job? Right. What coach and would not, take a job yeah. for? Two coaches both got two years or less.
1: Right. What does it say to?
0: I don't think any really... any reason any coach you would want takes that job.
1: Right. Yeah, because they, as, as confident as they may be that they could be the guy to turn it around, they're going to be like, "Well, but I'm getting a short leash over there. Well, how much com- how, well, how confidence do I have that I'm going to get enough leeway and enough time to turn it around?"
0: I really talk about this yeah. because literally, while we recorded this podcast, I, I got a tweet from someone asking if if I thought that Mike Norvell could get fired if they lose on Saturday. And the answer is definitively no. Mm. I mean, I, right. I it, 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 you there's
1: I, a bunch just of say you never know because look at college look at usc
0: you're right but that's even that was it was his what seventh year
1: but his he's been there a long time but you're right that's not he's been there a while but i'm just saying
0: the like, the stuff right, with it, willie it taggart shit, it looks really bad oh
1: yeah and, i mean it's it's pretty amazing that we're going from i mean what were we two weeks ago talking about norvell as the hero and norvell turning this around and, and
0: one week ago be.
1: and and he still could be Yeah, No doubt. It still could be, but it's amazing how one result, just one play, forget one result, one play swings the whole narrative one way or to the other.
0: It is, it is. So, I mean, all that to say, this one feels, uh, this one feels important. I think it sounds like I'm not putting you on the spot for a score right now, but, and again, I really don't have a clue. Uh, This feels like, it's, it's always guesswork like when you're making a prediction this one especially feels like guesswork but it sounds like we're both we're both leaning close loss yeah
1: no i will tell you I, i'm i already had the score in my head when i told you two point loss i thought it, it, it's going to be in the neighborhood of like a 30 to me i think it's like a 30 to 28 type of thing something like that
0: yeah that 24 21 something in that neighborhood i might lean a little more low scoring i'm not sure it's uh, a yeah.
1: yeah i just i just either you know yeah this feels like this feels like a game where even if they lose i think fsu figures out a little figures it out a little bit in the passing game i just i can't see them being so bad three games in a row where they just can't go downfield and keep committing all these penalties that they've been committing and you know all the problems we talked about earlier i think they, they execute that at least to a degree better in this game
0: definitely i uh i think we have a talked about all this situation enough. I mean, obviously we will uh see how this one goes. I think we'll we'll try not to approach Saturday's game as a kind of moratorium on Norvell's tenure because I don't think it is, but we will definitely uh talk shortly after the game, either maybe Saturday night or Sunday or Monday, somewhere in the days after about all that happened and and what it means. But for now, let's uh I think there are some uh for all the struggles on the football field, there are some Florida State teams that are having a great deal more success this season that uh, deserve mention and conversation for sure as we uh, wind down here.
1: Yeah, and um, we'll start. I mean, we've 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 mentioned soccer, and for good reason. Seven and zero, number one team in the country. Worth mentioning, they that was a good. I mean, I, we almost take for granted when the soccer team wins around these parts, but that's a good road win they had on Sunday against Auburn. Auburn had had the, the the country's longest winning streak going into that match. They had won 11 in a row at home, number 10 in the country. Yep, number 10 in the country was what they were ranked at the time. And FSU went up there, scored on them in the first minute and pretty much then hung on and and beat them 2 to 1. So, you know, good early test for the team. I mean, they they this is this is a team that hasn't given up barely anything on defense. We've talked about that a lot. But the, they they again show their depth and experience. You know, one of Coach Mark Krikorian's best teams that 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 he's ever had. Probably he's. It sounds like he thinks it's one of their best ever. If not, if not, has the potential to be the best if they can if they can finish the job and bring a third national title to Tallahassee down the road. But results like that one are going to be the type that, that that get them there because they really hadn't been. They had another game against Colorado, where Colorado kind of scored a little bit of a fluky goal to make it two to one. But they really hadn't been pushed until this week. I think even even just schematically, like I was watching the game a little bit, teams tend to drop back and like oh, oh like oh crap, let's not let them score six or seven and tee off on us. Auburn didn't do that. Auburn played up, tried to score themselves, tried to push the action a little bit, and it didn't end up working in the end. But it was a it, it's it's a team that as they go into ACC play they're going to face you know not every team in the ACC is on their level but they are going to pretty soon start getting some of those conference opponents that you know the, all the usual suspects the Virginias the Carolinas the Dukes that you know can can play them pretty tough so it was good to see this test early.
0: Yeah, I mean you talked about I think they open a ACC play this week and Saturday after I think you can you can watch it if you if you if if the end of the Wake Forest game is not game that, that you're wanting to watch. We'll see how that starts. I think their game starts at six, probably about when that fourth quarter is getting underway up in Winston-Salem. They, they open at home against Boston College. The uh, Obviously, I mean, like you said, I mean, the, the, the ACC is a gauntlet, but it's a gauntlet that time and time again late, this program has risen to the test on. I mean, it, they the undefeated regular season last year was was remarkable when you look at all the teams they had to beat and how many times they had to beat them. To do that, I mean, Mark McCorian's record against the UNCs, against the Virginias, against the Dukes of the world, I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. I mean, he is a well oiled machine over there at the Seminole Soccer Complex.
1: Well, speaking of backloaded schedules, the FSU Soccer's last three matches before the ACC tournament Carolina on the road, Duke on the road, Virginia at home so boom 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 all three of the powerhouses right there back to back and they've got a good one right after that bc opener on saturday next week on thursday night Pitt pit is now ranked um i have to check exactly where they're ranked but i know they're in the teens right now somewhere in the top 20 so a quality opponent coming in that game's on the acc network on thursday on september 23rd so that'll be another good early test for the program there but you know, before before we wrap up the show, I know we wanted to give a shout out to the FSU volleyball team. Comes up with a not only comes up with a huge win, on the but but, out you know I was there last night had a very nice tribute to the late Brianna Berry. You know she passed away sadly at age 33 back in June, um, and they were you know they did a, they did a pretty cool ceremony for her. They they they, they did a donuts for Brie, which. Uh, if you read the story we had in the in the Democrat uh, this week, she was a donut aficionado. You could call her. She liked going. When she was on the road, at home, you name it, that was like her favorite snack. And and she became known for it, not just among her like her friends and her teammates and family, but even FSU fans that follow the team. Uh, you know, like when she when she passed away, people were posting on social media like pictures of donuts, almost like a salute to her type of thing. And so they came up fsu came up with the idea let's do this as a cool little like you know toast for her like a type of thing so they gave out donuts to all the fans last night at the tully gym they had a moment where they all raised them together held like a moment of silence in her honor her family was there which that was a really emotional part you know kind of watching a video montage they did for her you know so you know a lovely evening as far as really doing oh and they retired her, her jersey how could i forget with you know beach volleyball legend Gabrielle Reese and her now are the only two to have their numbers hanging from the rafters over there Um, you know and, and then after all that we end up having a match and it ends up being the best win of the season so far for FSU which they're not in the they're not ranked right now they're not in the top 25 but they're 7-2 and two, and they just beat a Gators team that w- that came in ranked 14 so who knows maybe maybe the Seminoles the Seminoles get a little love from the voters going in the next week
0: oh i think it's entirely possible i mean i know hearing from chris Poole as this season uh was getting underway that he there was a sense of i mean candidly him kind of saying i don't know what this team's going to be capable of i don't know what this team's going to look like a lot of new pieces this year i know some through the portal some some incoming freshmen and uh whatever he's done to kind of piece things together it seems like he has his uh Maybe his best team in in recent memory. It's it's early, and we'll see how ACC. I mean, there's some a couple real tests ahead of them in ACC play, no doubt. They'll get a couple, I think, even top ten matchups quite possibly. But uh, it's yeah. a uh, it, it it's. I mean, that's not a match where many people. I think got gave them much of a chance last night, and I mean, they nearly swept Florida.
1: They did. They 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 blew it at the end in the first set. They were up twenty two. I want to say twenty two to eighteen or nineteen. They had like at least actually. I think it was 22 to 19. Had a few set points later on after that and couldn't put it away. And now and and to their credit, that's the whole thing. He thought, okay, usually you see an underdog that gets that kind of a window to maybe make it a match. And then you could see, I've seen you know over the years, tons of volleyball matches where suddenly then the second set, errors start to pile up, it spirals. But it was indicative of the fact that they were the better team last night. Overall throughout because the second set they came out took the lead again and through and you never had the sense that they were out of it in the entire match the Gators had a few runs here and there but it was it was a legit victory where they they were not only going toe to toe with Florida but they really outplayed the Gators because the Gators made a lot of serving errors a lot of things that maybe they normally don't do but FSU to their credit. Did what they were supposed to, took advantage and executed their own game plan and got the big win. And like you were saying about the conference schedule, now they jump in. But it's interesting they have a they have an eight day break before they have to go back to back on the road at Notre Dame and at Louisville uh, next Friday and Sunday. So you're know, talking about tough tests and, and the conference play. That's that's a that's a that's a tough one right away. You know, two road games, two road matches right away. That'll that'll definitely see. We'll definitely see what Coach Poole's squad is made of.
0: Yeah, well, and you talk about I mean, you talk about tough test that Louisville team. I, what are they ranked right now? I know they're a. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up real quick. This yeah, week, I know there's a
1: few teams. that fifth. are fifth right now. They're fifth overall. And they beat young.
0: they beat number eight Kentucky last night in their own little rivalry game. I think they improved to uh, seven and zero. Oh.
1: Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, that's, again, Notre Dame, and even Notre Dame, the first game, it's still a road road trip, and and at their place. So far, FSU had only played some of the road games that they had played hadn't really been true road games. Um, They they had had played in two tournaments. They didn't even end up playing LSU in Baton Rouge. That game ended up being canceled because of Hurricane Ida. So this Notre Dame game will really be the first true road game on their schedule, so we'll we'll see how it goes.
0: No doubt, it's uh, we it's something we will definitely uh, keep tabs on. I mean, obviously, I know they, Florida State, some tough luck last year where that team, easily makes the uh, the sixty four team NCAA tournament, but it got reduced last year to forty eight teams because of a uh, COVID and all that, and because of that, I think Florida State just on the the wrong side of the bubble as it as it was. I know it snapped snapped a streak of a. Uh, Tournament appearances, but early returns would say that 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 program's going to be right back after kind of the the one year blip, and they look like they're positioned pretty well to be back in a NCAA tournament once more.
1: Yeah, conference play will dictate everything. Let's see if they can they can hang with some of the best of the best, and and, and obviously win the games against the conference opponents that are a little more on the level, and 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 win those winnable matches.
0: Well, for sure, we will uh we'll have plenty more of those. I mean, here we are now. We're, we're inside of two months out from basketball season, and I know that might be uh, yeah. music to some fans' ears. We'll definitely have plenty of coverage for those teams, maybe try and get a couple people around the programs here for, for interviews in the lead-up to the uh, to yeah. the, the season getting underway, because I figure that's something that could be of interest to, uh, to some of y'all.
1: Definitely, and schedule's out too. The, what you, oh, well, yeah. Yesterday, the women's schedule is already out, the men's schedule being announced on Thursday night. We'll, we'll have a story on that as well. Uh, the, the complete schedule, I should say, because parts of it have already been revealed in recent weeks. But now the ACC slate completes the entire thing. So, if you're basketball, if you're Seminoles basketball fans, and and you want them to start making plans on when to go see them, you know, either in Tallahassee or or elsewhere, after tonight, you'll know exactly what it looks what the slate looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll uh, we'll be back in a couple of days breaking down. Wake Forest and and where the program's at what what we saw from that game I'll be a uh, I'll be up in Winston-Salem on site it'll be my uh, yep. first time up there I uh yeah I mean uh, we appreciate you appreciate you for listening for for subscribing please encourage you to to do that if you don't to uh subscribe to the Tallahassee Democrat all our great stuff on there is uh you you only get so many clicks if you're not a subscriber so uh we 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 give Normally on on our metered stuff we give a couple away, but but you hit that wall pretty quick and you got to be a subscriber in order to uh, keep be able to read our uh, our great content that I'm real proud of.
1: Yep, definitely, and we appreciate it. And again, we'll have Kurt will be there, Ground Zero this week, and you know, hopefully, if I say Ground Zero, hopefully it's
0: not oh, boy. the boy center of a disaster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it is definitely the focal point of a big big it's it, it's going to have seismic ramifications one way or the other toward this football team season so
0: yeah no i mean i'm yeah. i'm interested to see i mean putting a bow on that what the fan response is if they go win especially if they go win and it's not even like having to sweat it out they went and won by 10 points yeah what, just, what is the fan win, reaction baby. to that?
1: The, the great Al Davis, just win. That's, just win, baby. Well, that's where, that's where FSU is at right now.
0: I think the fans would take that. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, we will uh, be back soon to break that all down. We uh, appreciate you for listening. Talk to you next time.